Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nicko, the Notorious Fantasy Edit. Today's video, I am doing my top 50 overall rankings for fantasy football in 2020. I'm going to, in this video, talk about every single player inside of my top 50 and talk about why I have them ranked at the given spot in my rankings, obviously. So before I get into the video, I'd like to ask you guys, could please go down below and click that subscribe button. It's free, and I produce content every single day to help you guys win your 2020 fantasy football championship so without further ado please make sure to click that subscribe button also check out the draft guide in the description let's get right into the video top 50 overall rankings also guys if you guys are not new you've been here for a while you know that typically i have a face cam but my computer has been messed up i'm on another laptop and the camera just was not working at all i've been trying to do it for like an hour but i wanted to make sure i get this video out for you guys so there's no nick on the side of the screen for now but there should be in the next video so coming in at my number one rankings of or my number one ranking overall is Mr. Christian McCaffrey of the Carolina Panthers without a doubt for me it is Christian McCaffrey he is my 101 pick my favorite pick of every single draft because he's going to be the number one guy a thousand rushing a thousand receiving yards pretty much a mortal lock of Christian McCaffrey's life this is just what he's going to do every single year I'm honestly convinced this guy could have Rona and it would go straight through him and he would be able to play perfectly fine so I just think he is just that upper echelon running back above Saquon Barkley I wouldn't argue with you if you wanted to pick Saquon Barkley but personally for me CMC is the number one and easily after him is Saquon Barkley of the New York football giants even with a garbage-ass offensive line last season, Saquon Barkley was able to do what most thought he would do, but obviously he ended up getting hurt, so he wasn't playing as well, but he obviously recovered like Superman, and he came back super fast off of that injury that was supposed to take like a month. He's back like two weeks later, so Saquon Barkley is a beast. I just personally have him ranked one spot below below Christian McCaffrey since I feel like Christian McCaffrey is just so safe. So after you go with Chris McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley, you're still in the same tier of player here, and and that is Ezekiel Elliott of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I am not a big fan of the Dallas Cowboys. I actually hate their fucking fan base because they all talk about them boys and how good they are. But Ezekiel Elliott is actually good and worthy of being one of those top three guys. The top four players overall are the same exact four players from last year. Now, I understand there's going to be some people thinking that that's a Kachipsis pick like your name is the fantasy counselor, but it's not. These are the same guys due to the fact that they just have the greatest talent in the league to become those top four guys. Ezekiel Elliott obviously of the Dallas Cowboys the team improves with getting CD Lamb I still think they're gonna be running the ball a whole ton I think Ezekiel Elliott puts up yet another great year in 2020 at number four we have Alvin Kamara who's the picture on the screen who kind of had a bad year last year a bad year still a top 10 running back just didn't finish as highly as we would hope something interesting to note about Alvin Kamara is when he was out his backup his handcuff Mr. Latavius Murray scored 30 plus points in the two games where he wasn't healthy so this system is really set up for the running back to thrive and Alvin Kamara is obviously that guy he's the second best wide receiver on the team behind the other obviously the main guy on the team Michael Thomas the design of the New Orleans Saints offense is to get the ball into those two guys hands and that's it it's either hand it to Kamara pass it to Kamara or pass it to Michael Thomas so that Mr. Drew Brees doesn't get laid out on the turf. Speaking of the New Orleans Saints, number five, also a Saint, Michael Thomas, wide receiver, the first wide receiver of my rankings. Now, there is actually an argument between Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams, considering when Devontae Adams was healthy, he could have rivaled Michael Thomas's numbers. Michael Thomas just sees so many receptions every single game that I would find it hard to rank Devontae over him, 
But in that scenario, I would not argue against it. I think Devontae Adams is also going to put up some big numbers. We're going to be talking about him later. At number six, we have Joseph Mixon, my man. This is probably the highest anyone has Joe Mixon in any video you've ever seen. So now I'm going to talk about Joe Mixon since he's probably the mainstay of you being like, how the fuck do you have Joe Mixon in the top ten? Joe Mixon is a god damn fucking beast. Joe Mixon last season didn't have the greatest season. The beginning of his season was god-awful. He was looking like a train wreck for your fantasy roster. He was looking like a bust, but in the back half of the season, he really started to put it together. Now, he did this with Andy Dalton, then it was Joe or Ryan Finley, and then it became Andy Dalton again because they, you know, benched Andy Dalton on the man's birthday. They said, happy birthday, have fun riding the pine. We're putting in some rando named Ryan Finley. Now, Joe Mixon gets Joe Burrow, these rookie quarterbacks. This is kind of a myth myth buster type of deal here where the rookie quarterbacks don't necessarily dump off the ball more but Joe Mixon will be involved in the passing game I think even more than in seasons past he has been a guy that has been very reliable on the ground I think we see a very much increased season from Joe Mixon with a better team in Cincinnati this season than we've seen in the past for Joseph Mixon at number seven we have big man Derrick Henry Derrick Henry everyone knows this guy's a goddamn beast he takes the defense he puts his cock 20 inches down their ass. I don't know how he does it. He makes every defense look silly. Everyone, if you follow Fantasy Twitter, you've seen that video of Derrick Henry with his shirt off running up a goddamn mountain like a fucking alpaca running up a mountain. The guy's a goddamn beast, and he's going to be the same thing in 2020. I did not believe in him last year. I was probably Derrick Henry's biggest hater. He probably has me on Twitter blocked because I was tweeting shit like, King Henry, you fucking suck. I wasn't actually tweeting that because I would never tweet that stuff at a player telling them that they're bad, no matter how much I dislike him. But Derrick Henry proved me wrong completely. He showed me that you don't need to catch the ball to do anything in fantasy football. This guy has the feet for goddamn hands, and it doesn't seem to matter because he still puts up a zillion points. The Tennessee Titans offense revolves around Derrick Henry. They paid the man, and they're going to feed the man in 2020. Coming in at number eight, we have Dalvin Cook, who now says he is going to report to camp. Praise be the fantasy gods because now Dalvin Cook is going to play. But what does that mean for Dalvin Cook? I thought Dalvin Cook was going to miss a couple of games, hold out, realize he needed to come back, and then he could play a whole healthy season because I figured he missed like four or five games. Now he'll probably miss four or five games in your fantasy playoffs, so that's not very good. But when healthy, he's a top five running back, a top four running back, could be the number one running back on the week. The Minnesota Vikings did lose their offensive coordinator, Kevin Stefanski, who became the new Browns head coach. And Stefanski really led this team to be super-duper run-heavy. But I believe that even without Coach Stefanski there, Zimmer will figure it out, and they will try to run the ball a whole bunch in Minnesota this season. So I think we see a great year out of Mr. Derrick Henry in to or not Derrick Henry out of Dalvin Cook in 2020. He's just ranked so low because I do worry about those injury concerns. They seem very real for Dalvin Cook. Coming in at number nine, we have Devontae Adams, second wide receiver of the video. I talked about him enough. This guy's a beast. Now, I do not typically take wide receivers in the first round. They are probably going to finish very high. I just prefer to take the running backs early. That's why the rankings kind of disparage how I actually pick people because I would pick other players above Devontae Adams. I do think he's going to have a great year in Green Bay. We've seen him do it in the past. Aaron Rodgers really only has one target on offense on the offensive side of the ball that's not named Aaron Jones. It's Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams should have yet another fantastic year getting the ball a zillion goddamn times. Coming in here to close out the top 10 is Joshua Jacobs. 
Josh Jacobs of the Oakland Raiders. Not the Oakland Raiders, now they're the Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas Raiders. So Josh Jacobs last year, obviously a rookie. Doesn't have all that much expectation on him. They're thinking, hey, maybe he'll be pretty good in Oakland. They should be able to feed the ball to him because John Gruden doesn't give a fuck how old you are. He will. He wants that workhorse back, and that's what he got in Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs really did well on the ground, but he wasn't getting too much work in the receiving game. This year, 2020, Mike Mayock came out and said, I want to give Josh Jacobs the ball more in the passing game as well as on the ground. And John Gruden is going to listen to the man and feed the beast this season. I think Josh Jacobs sees more dump-offs. I think he's going to be seeing an increased workload on the ground as well. He did miss a couple of games last year. Nothing too significant, though, to make me really want to worry him and note him as an injury-prone player. I do think Josh Jacobs has yet another great year in Vegas this season. So coming on now, we are going to go to the top 20 players. If you guys have enjoyed this video thus far, please make sure to click that subscribe button down below. So the next guy to talk about here at numero 11, we have Big Dick Nicholas Chubb, 9-inch Nick Chubb. He was giving you a full Chubb a lot last season until Kareem got there, and then it points kind of went down. So this is why I like Kareem, uh, not Kareem, I like Nick Chubb more than most. Most people are off of Nick Chubb because of Kareem Hunt. I like both players. I think both of these guys have potential to be amazing. If Nick Chubb was to go down, Kareem would be amazing. If Nick Chubb is to stay healthy, Kareem will still be good, but Nick Chubb will also be amazing. So they off, the offense of the Browns should be pretty similar, except for an increased workload for the running backs. Kevin Stefanski, like I talked about, he's the guy who bred Dalvin Cook's excellent season last year. He's going to do the same thing for Nick Chubb. He loves to run the ball top four rushing offense last season the Minnesota Vikings were. And why would he not do the exact same thing with arguably the best running back tandem in the NFL? Not even arguably the best running back tandem in the NFL. Kareem Hunt, who's a top 10 running back on his own, Adding in Nick Chubb, who's probably a top 12 running back in the league. Two top 10 guys or top 12 guys in the NFL are on the same fucking team, if we're speaking talent-wise. So obviously they're going to try to get the Cleveland Browns to run the ball a lot, and Nick Chubb will be a benefactor of that. Sure, he does lose some of that receiving work to Kareem Hunt, but I think Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb will both be on the field at the exact same time, considering Kareem might be the wide receiver three of the Cleveland Browns. If you guys have enjoyed this video thus far, please make sure to click that subscribe button down below. At number 12, we have my boy Austin Eckler, running back of the LA Superchargers. Now, Austin Eckler gets all types of hate down below in the comment section. People tell me, Nick, he is not better than Miles Sanders. Nick, he's not better than this guy. He fucking sucks. This, that, and the other thing. Tyrod Taylor won't be able to dump off the ball to him. I did a whole video dissecting why Austin Eckler will be great, and people still don't believe it. Tyrod Taylor dumped the ball off to LaShawn McCoy. He had made LaShawn McCoy a top 12 running back two years in a row. Austin Eckler was the number three running back finisher last year, I believe. He was a top five running back, and he did it with Melvin Gordon and without. The LA Chargers shipped off Melvin Gordon to the rival Denver Broncos. Now, it wasn't actually shipped off, I believe. They just didn't end up paying him because he went to Cabo. He went to go vacation. And then they realized, hey, we maybe actually don't have the money to pay you. Like, you're not worth that much. Austin Eckler's actually worth more than you. He looks better than you. 
you know, he thinks he's cooler than him. You think you're cooler than me. That song from the 2000s. And, like, Austin Eckler just was much better than him. And I think we see Austin Eckler really have that huge breakout season in 2020. I've dubbed Austin Eckler as Christian McCaffrey light due to the fact that his pass catching work is amazing. Finished number two in all categories of receiving work behind the great CMC. So I believe Austin Eckler has an amazing season in 2020. Really works well with Ty God or with Justin Herbert, the pervert. At number 13, we have Julio Jones, wide receiver of the Atlanta Falcons. Julio Jones is a mainstay inside that top 20 of fantasy football. This guy's just as safe as it gets. It's like putting on a condom and then the girl has on birth control at the exact same time. It's the wombo combo. It's that meme of the two guys shaking hands. It's exactly that. That's what it is. Julio Jones is pure safety. This guy can't score a touchdown to save his life. He's locked in at like five or six touchdowns every single year, but it doesn't matter. The guy's going to get you maybe 1,500 yards, 100 plus targets coming his way every single year. The Atlanta Falcons are the most heavy pass heavy team in the NFL, and I believe the same thing happens this year. And if it doesn't, they'll probably be inside of the top three. At number 14, we have Ty Reek Hill fast as fuck. Tyreek Hill, obviously more of a risky kind of play. Not really risky, but on a weekly basis, he will have games that disappoints, but he will have games where he outright wins you your week. He's going to have those games where he scores seven points, but he's also going to have that game where he scores 35 points because Pat Mahomes hits him for one touchdown, 200 yards. I personally prefer to have safety on my team, and that's why I typically go and lean the way of Julio Jones. That's why I've got him ranked one spot above. At number 15, Burger King Foot Lettuce, we have Kenyon Drake, Arizona Cardinals running back, formerly of my Miami Dolphins. Now, Kenyon Drake is going to eat yet again. We saw down the stretch this guy was a fucking animal a straight up league winner he came from doing nothing in Miami from rags to riches for Kenyon Drake this guy's just blowing out defenses and I understand the there's a bit of a stereotype about the Arizona Cardinals that they are the air raid system with Clint Cliff Kingsbury and while that is true they're still running the ball they might have that air raid name but Kenyon Drake is running the ball down their opponent's throat and they were very successful when Kenyon Drake was getting a lot of use even with the addition of his new teammate DeAndre Hopkins I still think Kenyon Drake is going to have a fantastic season. I think he does have that top 10, top 8 running back potential. At number 16, we have Kenyon Drake's teammate, D. Hop, DeAndre Hopkins. Now, I have been moving kind of down even lower on DeAndre Hopkins. I would not be surprised come August, come real draft season. I have DeAndre Hopkins outside of my top 5 wide receivers. Right now, he's ranked as my number 5 wide receiver. I think he's going to be fine. I just worry about the fact that maybe the chemistry won't be there. I understand that that doesn't matter at all because DeAndre Hopkins was catching passes from Brock Osweiler. He was catching passes from so many random quarterbacks. He had like 8 quarterbacks the whole time he was a Houston Texan since that team was just an absolute turnstile at the quarterback position until Deshaun Watson got there. But it's not even a kind of hit at DeAndre Hopkins skill. It's more of just a uh, fact that the other wide receivers are just so good in the NFL, and I believe they could finish above DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins was arguably no, the number one wide receiver last year for a fantasy football. He did not finish that way, but he's a target monster. He catches anything going his way, so he should be fine in 2020. I got him ranked as 16th in my overall rankings. At number 17, we have Miles Sanders of the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I am the least likely out of every single fantasy YouTuber or fantasy analyst you're listening to on the podcast app. If you're listening on the podcast app, please leave a review. 
I don't really like Miles Sanders. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think he's very talented, but I would not be surprised if Dougie Doug Peterson just randomly adds Devontae Freeman right before the season starts. He loves that running back by committee. Right now, that does not seem like it is going to be happening due to the fact that they don't have anyone, obviously, at Boston Scott behind Miles Sanders, but he's not really a threat for Miles Sanders in being a running back by committee system. But I do worry about that. But right now, I do like Miles Sanders. I think he was a very talented running back. We saw him really get a lot of use deep down in the season after Jay Ajayi got hurt, after the whole team ended up getting hurt, and they had no choice but to use Miles Sanders. So I think if that is the case, Miles Sanders does make a case to be a top 10 running back. At number 18, we have my main man, Chris Godwin of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This guy was fucking feasting last year with Jameis Winston. Imagine how much better he will be now with a quarterback who is actually accurate and won't throw a pick to start the game. But that is also something that could be a downside because he would throw a pick instantly. He'd get the pregame jitters out by just throwing a yik six on like three plays into the game. And that makes the offense have to pass the ball more. Now maybe Tom Brady doesn't do that. Well, maybe. Obviously, he's not going to fucking do that because he's Tampa Bay Tom Brady. He's not going to be throwing those interceptions. So now... Maybe they're scoring less points overall from the passing game. They're still going to be scoring a zillion points. They're still going to be very good. And Chris Godwin is going to be a target monster from Tampa Bay time. At number 19, we have my main man, Travis Kelsey. My tight end number one, the people's tight end one, is probably George Kittle. Everyone loves George Kittle. I'm on the Travis Kelsey train still. I really believe he could still be the tight end number one. This guy's just a beast. He's on the most one of the most high-powered offenses in the NFL of the Kansas City Chiefs. Pat Mahomes loves the guy. He's going to be throwing no-lookers like his name was Stevie Wonder all season long to Travis Kelsey in the end zone. Travis Kelsey is going to be a baller yet again in 2020. Speaking of the Chiefs, we've got Kermit the Frog, Patrick Mahomes, at number 20 quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, he's ranked top 20. But do not fucking take him in the first two rounds. Don't take a quarterback early. I always advise against it, but Pat Mahomes is my quarterback one. I'm against the consensus of Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson is the quarterback too. But I just love, love, love how pass-heavy this Chiefs offense is going to be. How much Pat Mahomes is going to be slinging it. And I don't really worry about him getting hurt, running out of the pocket, and getting laid out. Now, that has not happened yet to Lamar. But that does kind of concern me as a fantasy player. Now, on to rankings 21 through 30. At number 21, we have Lamar Jackson. This guy's a beast on the ground. I do kind of worry about maybe potentially him breaking his leg somehow after someone just gets sick and tired of the Baltimore Ravens running a train on him. They just target him, take his knee out, boom, he's done forever. I highly doubt that happens, but at the end of the day, there's just certain things that make me go from making one guy quarterback one to quarterback two, and I also just believe Patrick Mahomes is safer. Lamar Jackson, though, the safest quarterback last year. This motherfucker was running the ball a zillion times. He's still going to run the ball a million times. I have no doubt about that, and I think he will be great yet again in 2020, but do not draft him in the second round. At number 22, we have Kenny G, the sax man. Kenny Galladay, Detroit Lions wide receiver. Kenny Galladay was a baller last year. He did it half the season with Matt Stafford. The other half of the season was with David Blau, a guy who you've probably never even heard of until he stepped foot on the NFL field last year. Kenny Galladay was a beast last year, and now he gets a healthy Matt Stafford to start the season. Stafford was on an MVP pace early in last season for the first eight games, so I believe if he stays healthy. Him and Kenny Galladay have that ungodly connection, and Kenny Galladay will finish inside the top 10 at the wide receiver position. It'd be great yet again. At number 23, we have a guy that's more kind of debated in the industry, DJ Kukakali. Just kidding. It's DJ Moore, wide receiver of the Carolina Panthers. Now, I understand Teddy Bridgewater isn't the greatest quarterback in the NFL, but what I think they're going to do in Carolina with Matt Rule at the helm is figure out a way 
to make this Saints, or not the Saints offense, this Carolina offense run like the Saints offense. What the Saints offense is, like I explained earlier, you give it to Kamara by running it, you pass it to Kamara, or you throw it to Michael Thomas. I think the system is going to be run it with Christian McCaffrey, pass it to Christian McCaffrey, or throw it to DJ Moore. And in that case, DJ Moore is going to be godlike in the Carolina Panthers uniform this year. Last year, he scored like what? It was like two touchdowns. The guy was fucking embarrassing. He probably scored more than that. He was around four or five. This year, I expect that to really increase. I expect the Panthers to still be bad on defense. They're in a conference where they're going to have to be, not a conference, a division, where they're going to have to be throwing the ball every goddamn game, going up against the Saints, going up against the Falcons, going up against the Buccaneers. You don't win those games by just scoring 10, 15 points. You win those games by scoring 32, and it's going to be barn burners in Carolina, and their defense is just so shit that they're going to have to be passing the ball. At number 24, we have CEH Clyde Edwards-Hilaire running bike of the Kansas City Chiefs. I do really understand that this year the rookies are going to take a hit due to the fact that there's no preseason games, but I don't think it'll affect CEH. Maybe it takes a week or two for him to take over from Damian Williams, but I just see the passing upside so, or the receiving upside there so much. Maybe gets five targets a game, and that simply just elevates him above the rest. I think that this Chiefs offense is going to be humming. There's a reason why they drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the first round, and that was to be the guy next to Pat Mahomes, so I believe Clyde Edwards-Hilaire tears it up this season. At number 25, we have Greg Kittle, uh, part of my take joke right there. Really, George Kittle of the San Francisco 49ers with Mr. Debo Samuel likely missing the first couple of games of the season. I think we see George Kittle come out the gates firing at all cylinders, scoring a zillion points, even though they are a run-heavy team. I think George Kittle will tear it up early. Maybe he's a trade guy you want to just trade. He first couple weeks before Debo comes back, he'll probably be a monster, and then he'll kind of temper back to being still fucking amazing, but not the best tight end in football. For fantasy-wise, maybe the best tight end overall in football, though. I like George Kittle this year. At 26, we have A.A. Ron Jones of the Green Bay Packers. Last year, Aaron Jones was a fucking beast. The guy scored a zillion touchdowns. I did the numbers. Still would have been a top 15 back, even if he only scored like five, six touchdowns. So I see no reason why he won't be getting a similar amount of workload. Even if the touchdowns regress, I think he will still be good in 2020. I don't really see the hate on Aaron Jones this season. At number 27, we have my boy Allen Robinson, a Rob of the Chicago Bears. Now 9-inch Nick Foles takes the helm. Nick Foles will be the starting quarterback. Kissing Titties Trubisky is going to get axed there. And that means Allen Robinson will have even more opportunity to be great. He was great. Allen Robinson did it in Jacksonville with Blake Bortles. He's done it with Mitch Trubisky. So why can't he do it again with arguably a better quarterback in Nick Foles in 2020? At number 28, a guy that everyone seems to hate, Le'Veon Bell. Now, Le'Veon Bell did you dirty last year. He pulled a good old Bill Cosby, dropped some stuff in your drink, and you got roofied by him, and he fucked you hard all night long. He he did you he did you dirty, but at the end of the day, Le'Veon Bell is fine. He's going in like the third, fourth round now. He's fallen deep down, like deep REM sleep you get at night when you're having those nice dreams. That's what Le'Veon Bell's doing now. He's sleeping. People are really sleeping on him, and I think in 2020 with the similar type of workload and arguably a better Jets team with a worse defense, so they're still going to have to be scoring a zillion points. Sammy Mono will dump the ball off to Le'Veon Bell. I just see no reason why Le'Veon Bell isn't just a safe pick, and finishing as the 28th overall player should not be super hard for Le'Veon Bell. At number 29, we have Michael Evans of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I do like Chris Godwin more. I actually had them ranked much closer 
previously before they got Tom Brady, since I think Tom Brady actually controls the game a little bit better. It might hinder Mike Evans' performance, but at the end of the day, Tom Brady still has that deep down the field arm, at least I think he does for Mike Evans. Mike Evans is a touchdown monster, and I think obviously with that increased play at the quarterback position, he still will be good inside my top 30. At number 30, we have Cooper Cup of the LA Rams. Now, Cooper Cup really did take a dive last season after the committing from Sean McVay of going from a three wide receiver type of set to being a two wide receiver set team, or two wide receiver set, really a two tight end set. But I think he figures it out in 2020 and plays much better under the two tight end set. He was scoring a shit ton of touchdowns, though in that time and I think you have to understand that if you want to rank Robert Woods higher than Cooper Cup I'm not going to argue with that I actually do think that there's a good argument for ranking Robert Woods higher than him so I won't argue against that. I think the LA Rams are a much better team though in 2020 even if their offensive line isn't great just offensive wise they just didn't seem to be humming last year and I think they will be this year in 2020 coming in at number 31 we have Leonard Fournette of the Jacksonville Jaguars you guys have made it like 20 something minutes into this video you're probably having a great time you're eating some popcorn please make sure to click that subscribe button but don't get your keyboard all buttery make sure you just do it after please make sure to click that subscribe button though I really do appreciate it and I love all of you who are still here Leonard Fournette of the Jacksonville Jaguars is a guy that most people probably hate last year he had the a rising like Jesus Christ-esque type of deal here. The dude had a hundred fucking targets. He went from being a guy that you wouldn't even think of as being a pass-catching back to being one of the guys getting most targeted in the NFL at the running back position. The team is going to be just as shit on defense as they were last year. I think Leonard Fournette is still going to have a solid season. I'm not bouncing off of him like a lot of people are. I do worry about a potential holdout, though, while he hasn't announced it, and we still don't know about it yet since training camp has not started yet. I do kind of worry slightly about it since he wants those big bucks, and the team just doesn't want to pay him. At number 32, we have Adam Thielen, wide receiver of the Minnesota Vikings. So over the offseason, Kirk Cousins probably was the doer of doing this. They got Stefan Diggs the fuck out of there. Kirk Cousins seemed to hate Stefan Diggs, and Kirk Cousins was one of those weird motherfuckers where he locks in on one guy in every game. Now, I understand the stats. If you just look at the stats, they kind of tell you this, because one game, it'll be Stefan Diggs' game. He balls out. Then another game, it'll be Adam Thielen's game. Now, Stefan Diggs, out of there. Capiche, goodbye. He's gone, and now he's in a Buffalo Bills uniform, and that opens up a huge lane for Adam Thielen. Kirk Cousins loves to throw the ball to him. A couple years ago, he was for the first eight weeks of the season in 2018, my freshman year of college. This guy was the wide receiver one every single week, tearing it up, and I think we see that a lot more in 2020, where he is really doing good, especially with... Um, the number two now on the team being a rookie in Justin Jefferson. At number 33, we have a guy I talked about previously, Robert Woods. Robert Woods really excelled after they turned to the two tight end set in LA. I think we see him continue to dominate yet again. We know how good Woods is. Now, I forgot to mention this, Brandon Cooks is gone. He is now a Houston Texan, so that's going to be even better since it's going to be more targets for Woods and for Cooper Cup. At number 34, we got the second rookie inside the top 50, Jonathan Taylor JT of the Indianapolis Colts, running bike formerly of the Wisconsin Badgers. Now, Jonathan Taylor, there are questions with him. Will Marlon Mack be the head honcho back the first couple of weeks? You're damn sure. I'd bet my, I'm not going to bet my life on that, but I'm pretty fucking sure that's going to happen. I think Marlon Mack gets it early, but then I think Jonathan Taylor evolves and takes that spot. Jonathan Taylor was a straight-up workhorse at Wisconsin 
a beast. And the Indianapolis Colts offensive line is so good. The number one ranked offensive line via pro football focus. So if Jonathan Taylor gets that starting job, he will be a beast from like week three and on. But note, when you draft him, to make sure that he rides your pine for the first couple of weeks. At number 35, we have my least favorite wide receiver in the NFL, besides maybe one more that we're going to be talking about later, Amari Cooper. This guy is hot, and he's cold. He's going to finish inside of the top 12 at wide receiver, so that's why he's inside of the top 35. But you don't want to be drafting this guy at all because he has games where he's good, he has games where he's bad, and there's no rhyme or reason to figuring it out. He'll fucking skull fuck. Jalen Ramsey, and then he'll get bent over by, like, some middle school cornerback. I don't understand it, but that's what happens to Amari Cooper. So don't draft him. Probably will finish pretty high, though. At number 36, we have a guy that I have way higher than the rest of the Fantasy Pros ECR, where I do these rankings. They just don't like Calvin Ridley, but I love Calvin Ridley on a pass-heavy offense. That's why I was talking to Julio Jones. That's why I like Calvin Ridley after Mohamed Sanu left the team and went to become a New England deflatriate. Calvin Ridley was on a godly tear, and I believe he will be all season long in 2020 with Dirk Cutter calling the plays. At number 37, we have Chris Carson, top 12 running back from last year. Penny's going to be on the pup list, meaning the physically unable to participate, just like me in the bedroom because I got ED. I'm just kidding. I've probably made that joke a million times on my channel because it's pretty fucking funny. Even with fumbling problems last year, this guy has butterfingers. He's got the fumbleitis. He still managed to be a top 12 guy because Pete Carroll is the, the king of cap. Capping to all you old people means a line. So what he does is he'll be like, yeah, man, dude, like, oh, Chris Carson, man, you fumbled the ball. Let's put Rashad Penny in for, like, one snap. And then, you know, we're coming back to Chris Carson because he's fucking way better. That's what's going to happen. It doesn't matter. There's still a very run-heavy offense, and Chris Carson is going to be the benefactor of that. At number 38, we have my man, Maki Mock Andrews. I love Mark Andrews yet again in 2020. He was my late-round tight end steal of 2019. Now you got to draft him higher, but I still love him. The Baltimore Ravens offense, while a run-heavy team, I believe will have to pass a little bit more in 2020. And Mark Andrews was just a beast in the end zone, a beast all over the field. And now, with Hayden Hurst gone, I think we see an increased workload for Mark Andrews catching the ball even more. At number 39, we have Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju Smith-Schuster. I don't know why the fuck I just said it like that, but Juju Smith-Schuster. This guy last year, what a fall from grace. He was like a first-round pick, a guy that was hit slated as like a top-six wide receiver. Just completely takes a massive shit on your chest, just gives you a good old Cleveland steamer, and does nothing. Is that Juju's fault? He did get hurt, and then Big Ben's also hurt, so they have an even less chance of Juju being good. With Big Ben back, I think he has a much better season. I'm not touting him to become a top 10 wide receiver again, but I do think he'll be fine. At number 40, we have my man, David Montgomery, David Montgomery of the Chicago Bears. 2019 was supposed to be David Montgomery's year. People tout him he's got the vision of LaDainian Tomlinson. He's got the calves of Saquon Buckley. They're building this super running back, and he was like the Walmart version of that. He did not live up to those expectations. But I think with a new quarterback at the helm, I think they're just going to be a much better team since Mitch Trubisky was just so bad. It drove the team down, and David Montgomery's going to drive the team up like your dick in the morning. So now on to the final players of the video, 41 through 50. If you guys have enjoyed, just keep clicking that subscribe button. At number 41, we have my main man, Scary Terry, F1 Terry McLaurin, wide receiver of the Washington Redskins. Just kidding. They're the Washington football team now. 
And now, welcome in to the Washington football team. Imagine hearing that shit on TV. Like, it's just, I don't even know how, how, how stupid it all sounds. The Dallas Cowboys versus, the Cowboys versus the football team. It would be so funny if they kept their name throughout the whole year. I know it's a placeholder. It'll probably change before the season starts. So at 41, Scary Terry, wide receiver of the football team. He's going to be great yet again. He had down the stretch, or not even down the stretch. The whole season, he was the wide receiver one of the Redskins as a fucking rookie going up against these best corners in the league just cooking them and that is with Dwayne Haskins not playing too hot and they had Colt McCoy at quarterback they had all types of quarterback problems last season maybe Alex Smith is even the quarterback this year considering that guy I don't know what he did how he came back but he's good to go apparently to play football don't think he should but he says he's coming back like uh, Michael Jordan when he returned to play with the Wizards but to digress and not be on a tangent about basketball Terry McLaurin is going to be great. I think with Dwayne Haskins improving in the offseason, that's really going to improve Terry McLaurin. I don't even understand how Terry McLaurin and Dwayne Haskins didn't have good chemistry, considering they went to the same college together. It just really didn't make any sense. But with that said, I think Terry McLaurin takes that big step up this season in 2020. At 42, we have a guy everyone hates, David Johnson. Now, I completely understand that this guy looked awful, but he was looking awful after he got hurt then came back and was looking awful so I think I just think that if David Johnson can stay healthy which is a big ask of him he will be good Bill O'Brien knows that he fucked up he knows he made the wrong decision trading DeAndre Hopkins for a used condom in David Johnson but I think David Johnson will still be good getting a whole lot of workload in Houston at 43 we have a guy who a lot of people are high on I just don't see it AJ Brown of the Tennessee Titans I just don't see them being a pa really trying to pass the ball all that much so why would I want a wide receiver on a team that I don't think is going to pass the ball that much? At 44, we have Melvin Gordon, wide, or running back of the Denver Broncos. We talked about him earlier. He went to Cabo last summer. He was chilling at the beach with all the hotties, you know. And Austin Eckler was playing real fucking football, scoring a zillion points. Then Melvin Gordon said, oh, shit. Now they're going to have all, now they're gonna want Austin Eckler. Let me come back and be good. And he just played okay. I'm not going to tell you Melvin Gordon's a bad running back because he's probably still a top 15 running back in the NFL. But for fantasy, you need a guy who's going to get a zillion touches. And I do worry that him and Philip Lindsay are going to be more of a closer split than a lot of people think. So there's going to be reports out of training camp that will completely change my mind. But right now, my belief is that Philip Lindsay will still get a lot of touches considering he's been a 1,000-yard rusher in the past. At 45, we have another guy who I think will probably finish okay. I'm not fucking drafting. Odell Beckham Jr., complete bust last year, busted straight on your face. You were like Lana Rhodes just getting ropes shot on you if you drafted Odell Beckham Jr. So you don't want that in 2020. I don't even want him inside my top 50. I feel a bit fraudulent having him in here because I hate him so much, but I think he probably finishes well. I just don't want him because I think the Browns are going to be so run heavy, and I worry that Jarvis Landry will probably just finish ahead of him anyways. At 46, we have Todd Gurley, formerly of the LA Rams. Now he is an Atlanta Falcon. Gurley has warned us that he says he doesn't give a fuck about playing football this year, and he might end up opting out. So, that's a worry. We will know by August 3rd if he ends up opting out or not. As I'm recording this video, he still hasn't opted out. That would obviously, you're not even going to draft him if he opts out. I am worried about the fact that the Atlanta Falcons just passed the ball so much, so I don't understand why people are so high on him. He does have the upside of being the workhorse there, though, and scoring a bunch of touchdowns on the goal line. But with that said, I'm not really too high on him. At 47, we have Tyler yeah, Boyd of the Cincinnati Bengals. I am higher than Elon Musk on Tyler Boyd. This guy's a beast. Back-to-back, 1,000-yard -back, season, and he plays better. 
he plays better with A.J. Green healthy. And now A.J. Green's coming back. Signs that franchise tender. Looks like he's going to be starting off the season healthy. He should be considering his pussy hurt all last season. They didn't want to play with Mr. Andy Dalton, now now uh, obviously Joe Burrow, starting quarterback there. At 48, we see Keenan Allen. Kind of a bit of a fall for Keenan Allen. Not necessarily super hyped up to draft him. I don't look at him on my draft board and crank one off and roster bait to it. But I think, hey, that's good because I got a talented player. I do worry about the quarterback play for him, but I don't really worry about it for, obviously, Austin Eckler. At 49, we have karate kick Kareem Hunt of the Browns. Love Kareem Hunt greatest handcuff in the game this guy has standalone value because he's going to be getting a lot of dump offs in the game still getting some rushing volume as well as maybe being the wide receiver three on the team going out there and being a wide receiver like we see with Alvin Kamara and then if Chubb was to go down he's a top five top ten running back at number 50 we have Darren the walrus waller of the Oakland Raiders I don't love drafting tight ends in this area I typically like to just get either Kelsey Kittle or Andrews or just wait all the way till the end to draft a guy but Darren Waller showed his worth last season in uh, Oakland. He's going to take that to Las Vegas and have a great season yet again. The only reason why I don't like drafting tight ends really early is due to the fact that I think that it hurts your value at the more skilled positions at running back and wide receiver when I find it very easy to strike gold later at the tight end position. So thank you guys all for watching this video. If you ended up enjoying, please make sure to click that subscribe button down below. Check out the draft guide down below as well. Fairly priced for all you guys. I'll see you motherfuckers back yet again tomorrow with an actual face cam. I appreciate the love and support this channel has seen thus far. We're almost in August. It's almost grind season. Let's get it. I love you all. I really appreciate it. Check out a video on your screen. Goodbye.